You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. We are live and live we are. I'm Spike Lee. <laughs> I'm Jada Foster. And I'm Justin Waits. Oh, you guys suck. Welcome oh, blow me. to the latest edition of We Are Alive. Special edition. Helpers edition. <laughs> this is We Are Alive. The, the main help. players are gone. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, would you have been able to do this show by yourself if you had to? Absolutely yeah, not. Really? Oh. <laughs> I don't think if, like, have you ever talked Did you to talk yourself? For an hour? Can, have you ever listened to yourself for more than half an hour? Like, I, think about it. At Webster, all, I was, you've heard yourself for a half an hour. Yeah, I would have to I would do the show for an hour. Without a response from anyone. Nobody. Because I didn't know how to work the board properly. I bet you so. you sucked. It's the, I don't, yeah, that's not our speed. Uh, if you're wondering why you hear these particular voices, uh, Chris Denman is handling We Are Live business. Michael Gaines is in route to Nashville, Tennessee, to also take care of some business. Because as we grow, because of your support, we have to send out the big guns to handle the business. So they left the black guy in charge. What a terrible decision that was. <laughs> oh, they're going to Slash the this. best decision. That I means know, anything right? goes, right? Yeah. Oh, everything will dad's go. Dad's gone. Yeah, the kids are, uh, yeah, the kids are left behind. Both so, the dads, yeah. they're gone. <laughs> so we thank you all. Hey, for all of you who are in the St. Louis area, why don't you head on out to one of our fine sponsors, Presence Float Center. If you use the We Are Live promo code, W-A-L, you will get $10 off on your Float Center excursion. If you've never done floating, you're missing out on life. Get in there, support Presence Float Center because they support us. Jada. Justin, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. It's great to see you guys. It's great to see you too. I'm so happy to see you. Now, Jada, uh, it's been a minute. Uh, You were out filming your, is it not, this is your first feature film? No, it's my second. Oh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. The first one. Well, I'm really proud of the first one. Um, It made it to the Cannes Film Festival and it's like been going all over the world. Dope. And um, winning awards. The director's incredible. The director of photography was incredible. What is this film? It's called um, Last Tree Standing. Okay. And it was part of the David Lynch Film School. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, my Yeah, God. so it was a student film, but um, this woman, Agnes, she made um, a short film called Milkmaid. Okay. And then that got accepted into the David Lynch Film Program, and they gave her a full scholarship to complete her degree. Um, and they gave her a place to live. They hooked her up so that she could then finish Last Tree Standing. And I was actually, um, like two weeks before I got cast in it, I was like, I'm never acting again. And I've been doing this since I was 12. Wow. And um, I was like, I'm never doing it again. And so I was like, I'll be wardrobe on this movie. And then I see her and she's like, uh, I heard you are an actress. And she's Polish and she is beautiful, like stunningly gorgeous. Right. And she's, she's like half woman, half dragon. Right, if that makes sense. Nice. Just like that's what I look at. Power. For. That's what I look for in Bumble profiles. Yeah, she, are you half woman and also half <laughs> Totally. Absolutely. But she saw through the bullshit where I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm gonna be behind the camera. And um, she was like, Well, I'm I'm 
I'm thinking about using this actress. And I saw who the actress was and I was like, oh man, don't do it. She's like, well, I was like, let me audition. She was like, oh, okay. Like, like she didn't know what she was doing, but she knew what she was doing. <laughs> and so I did the on-camera audition and I got the part within like 24 hours. That is dope. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Now, Justin, you yeah. yourself, my friend, you are, start, you're going to dip your toe into some stand-up, aren't you? I'm trying. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've been like writing some stuff, but it's nothing that I'm ready to release to the world yet. So No, and I think that's what I wanted to go with today and yeah. that you guys are young artists, mm-hmm. if you will, myself included in many aspects of life. I paint. Yeah, I, I paint too. I, I draw. I don't fucking paint, guys. Oh, what well, the fuck I look like? I try to be funny. But your comedy too. Yeah, I you do know? do the comedy. You do the I do, show. I've done, you know, done you the show. Of course, we've done events. it. We've hosted several events. We've done some comedy uh, ventures. I would say the least. We've done some writing. I'm curious though. We've been fortunate to be able to bring in some very funny comedians. Tons of talent yes. here on We Are Live, and obviously. All of us are trying to dip our toe into the entertainment pool. What have you guys found as some of your challenges? J.D., you just mentioned how you stepped away from mm-hmm. acting. What ultimately, what was it that motivated you to go, look, I think I can do this. I'm going to try it again. I, it was the only thing that I could think of. Like mm-hmm. I would try all of these other jobs and I would, I would, I would, I'm good whenever I learn something, I really learn it and right. I excel in it, but I, I would always return to like, I want to be on stage. I want to be on radio. I want to be in entertainment. I, I need, I want to emote and be paid for it. You know, like that, that was shit. the biggest thing. If I can't do it in the real world, I need to find an avenue where I can because there's a lot going on. And um, I remember I went through a year of just living in this really small house by myself. And I was working at, at the film program as the administrative director. And I was so depressed. And then I read um, The Artist's Way. And they were talking about shadowing the artist right. and what that looks like. Right. And I was like, son of a bitch. I've been shadowing the artist. And I was like, no, no more. So I just made the choice. And I moved home. I met Alex right. who was doing improv and he's like, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I'm interested in. I was like, I've been doing that since I was 12. And he's like, well, what's stopping you from making it your full-time gig? And I was like, nothing. You're I've, right. I've always found that to be one of the more challenging aspects in mm-hmm. that when you choose the the jobs or the careers or the quote unquote dreams that you go after, it's always difficult to translate to others. So when other people like in this particular case, your boyfriend understands, mm-hmm. I would imagine that felt like 5,000 pounds off your shoulders. I was like, we're getting married. That's it. <laughs> right. Like that's it. You support me. I support you. Let's do this. And we made a six year plan and that's what we're sticking to. And it's right. been hard. Of course. But we just were like, we're not having kids. We care more about our career. We want, we we want an Emmy and an Oscar more than we want anything else because that's a gauge of how hard we're working, you know. And so every day, like I was telling you earlier, if it's not in line with that goal, we don't do it. Like I had a wrap party for the movie, Mm -hmm. but today I had training, I had a workout, I had you guys, which like you guys are my fuel. I love being around you. This like like unleaded. Oh my god, it's like home here, and that stability and that support, (laughs) right? Right. Like I'm like, oh, I can keep going because you all believe in what you're doing, and then that makes me believe more in what I'm doing. I will. I will tell you from our time and our experience. I think when it's all said and done, that's ultimately what you have to go off off of as far as um we we obviously we aren't uh, in a 5.6 million dollar home no. none of us are driving beamers 
we don't have paparazzi and TMZ outside of Shock City Studios. Yeah, to take photos with this. But I think ultimately is one thing that I'm I find as the common denominator with our conversations with a a lot of these comedians, a lot of these artists is just that that mm-hmm. drive. And we had a conversation recently with Rich Voss where. I've always wondered, there are tons of talented people out there, but there's always those one who always make it past the others. And that's one thing that's always been consistent. You yourself, Justin, yeah. a huge fan of comedians, oh, yeah. huge and fan radio. of the art. And the, radio, and, you know. What it, what, what, who was it that for you said, I want to do that and I hope that I can achieve almost half of what they've done? Well, it's it's going to be kind of like this is like an odd answer. Like, uh, every, you know, a lot of people like with my passion, like how I, much I love radio. I got list, started on Howard Stern in the seventh grade on the you know back mm-hmm. in the, in the days of the point. Did. A lot of people did. You it's know? amazing, by the way, not to cut you off, yeah. but how Howard Stern, in many respects, has played a role in a lot of entertainers' yeah. lives, so whether many. it be comedians, writers. A lot of people every, always come back to Howard Stern. It, what is it about Howard Stern? It just, well, it's not about him. And then, you know, my love for you know Artie Lang. Artie Lang, of course, Lang. yeah. He was a sidekick yeah. on the show, and that's mainly what like I would like to do in life would be someone's sidekick on their show. Like you know, like uh, already replaced Jackie Marlin, who was Howard's joke writer on the right. show. Uh, come to find out, Jackie would uh, you know you'd, they'd all be doing banter and stuff, but while they were talking and stuff, Jackie would be writing jokes on pieces of paper and sliding it over to Howard. Mm-hmm. And that's what something that I would like to do with you know if I could get on right. with a, with a main host and be like their sidekick, their comedic sidekick at some point. Now, yeah, I know. I'm, oh, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, now we talked about ex- explaining what you want to do in this particular artistic adventure. Yeah. You, you yourself, it for some, it takes a long time even to convince yourself. But then when you get to that point, now it's convincing others. You're a married man. You have responsibilities. How does that translate? How do you explain that to the people around you, the people who care about you most in your life? Well, my wife... She supports me 110, percent but mm-hmm. her main concern is is my health. When I was 22 years old, I could do this six I days see. a week. I see. As I'm getting older, things are starting to uh, show signs of wear and tear on my body. Like in the last couple of years, I've blown my elbow out from wrestling, and right. then I blew my knee out last year from running. And and it's just like you know, like I was doing three days a week with you guys, right. and you know, trying to. I get home from work at uh, like one in the morning, and be back up at five. Right. And it just and just. It's frustrating because I would love to quit my job, full time job, so I could do this full time with you guys. But it's just not cut, you know, cutting. It's always a balance, is it not? Yeah, it's always a balance, especially and yes, your health. It's hard to jump out on a stage, get a mic in front of you, be in front of a camera if you can barely walk. So yes, that would be. I can understand your wife's concern about making sure. Hey, I want you around for a while. Well, (laughs) it was getting to a point where when I was doing it three days a week with you guys. I wasn't going to sleep when I come home. I just wow. stay up, and then I'd have to go back to work in the afternoon. And she's like, "You got to figure something out because you're like a zombie around here, and, and you know I don't want you having yeah you because know, I'm a big guy. She's right. worried about me having a heart attack or something. Also, like that. having a husk of a man for a husband is no fun. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if you're a zombie, forget about it. Yeah. Um, like my days off would be Sunday. Right. I, would, I, I was sleeping all day. I wouldn't wake up until like six in the evening. Wow. Yeah, you know, and then she's like, "We got to figure something out because I don't want you quitting." But uh, you, you, she goes, "You know, I'm not telling you what to do whatsoever, but it, it's you're going to be upset with yourself if something happens mm-hmm. physically to you." So yeah. I went through that, but I did the opposite. Like I was working, I was like, "I'm going to wait tables. That'll be something that'll work." Keep in mind, I have, 
I, I am an educated person that has worked in the professional word, world. Exactly. And so I was like, no, I will just, I can do this. I can work as a waitress. No, I couldn't. Hell no, I couldn't. You're so nice though. How and could so, you? Because people, people I was suck. exhausted. People suck, yeah. That's totally what it was. I, w- I went into it and I was like, I'm kind, therefore I will get that back. Hell no. No. People don't care. No. They want their food and you're not making money. And yeah. so I was like, I quit and I quit and then everything started working out. And I was like, the pain gigs started happening, but I had to make the decision and I'm a little uncomfortable because it's like a net 30 when you get the checks. But I like, I couldn't work in a job that was going to make me feel like shit and take away from my art. And I hate saying it. It sounds pretentious, but that's what it is. No, it's your art. It's your creativity. Like that's what it is. No, I'm glad you said it like that. And that, uh, not only, of course, the engagement we've had with uh, a ton of the artists that we're able to talk to, but uh, being able to travel to a, a place like, obviously, Chicago mm-hmm. and L.A., hotbeds of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's people who've made their mind up that this is the career they want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. They have said, look, I'm packing up all my shit. I'm taking my life halfway across the country, and this is what I'm committed to. You may think it sounds silly. You may say it's not a nine to five, mm-hmm. but fuck it. This is my craft. This yeah. is what I believe I want Absolutely. to do for the rest of my life. So once I saw that, once I was able to witness more than five people in a room who were happy to talk about the mm-hmm. art, the craft, whatever it was, whether it was a photographer, a writer, mm-hmm. an actor, actress, it didn't matter. Everyone was truly genuine about how they felt about the art. That's when I, I think the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was shame, uh-huh. but an embarrassment so to speak it's kind of hard to explain whether it be your parents or a significant other or your family or friends that i've decided to take this on as a way to earn a living right and so uh especially it it, it even depends on how you were raised if you come from a blue collar family that's you know that's used to going to the construction yard or Mm -hmm. you know going on on errands or uh, or being a nurse or something to that effect uh trying to explain that uh, you can feel embarrassed because it's it's not always tangible. Mm-hmm. It's not right. something that uh that uh, that you can always put on a resume. So mm-hmm. I, for a long time, I wouldn't say I had shame about it, but I was always embarrassed to tell me, "Oh, I write." Mm-hmm. Like I would say it, and like it would be right, right. in lowercase w. You're like, "I'm a writer," right. totally. And it, it it took me being around other yeah. writers and mm-hmm. artists to go, "I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a comedian." You know, things like that. But that's a thing that's. I think the early stages of getting into this industry that I've had to overcome, right? Because again, I all my all my other friends they they aren't part of the the artistic community. They get full time jobs, full time jobs, right? They're financial you know, advisors, yeah. right? They yeah. run companies, things of that nature, and so my friends too. Yeah, and so you come along like, hey, Travis, you're at a dinner party or out socially with friends. Travis, what's good? What do you do? Right. I was like, I'm a comedian and writer, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I used to be. Now I'm like. I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. Yeah. I host the radio show. I host the podcast. Like that's what I do. That's what and people it is. are like. Okay, all right. And when I soon learned that people were like, "Oh, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. you're pursuing something that you really love." I think ultimately that helped give him, got me over the hump. Absolutely. Well, I I truly believe in the universal flow, and when you, and you don't want to confuse that. Right. So if you say you're something you're not, then you're going to keep getting the not. And, and then you're going to be like, why don't I have what I want? It's like, well, were you clear with yourself? And were I, you clear with the people around you? And especially like you spoke to serving and working in the in the food industry or just having that side job that keeps your career going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's 
that's also a balance, but it also can wear on you artistically because it wears on you mentally. I know I've worked in the food industry for a long time and that forever uh, stunted me artistically because, again, when you're not in an environment consistently that feeds to what you really want to do in life yeah. mm-hmm. it just it weighs on you right. and for a long time it weighed on me it was again we aren't making the the big bucks at the moment and that that's not my objective getting into the industry to be completely honest with you but it has been such a massive weight taken off my shoulders yep. knowing that I'm in that lane of, okay, well, we're going in a direction where we want to be like mm-hmm. career wise. So everything else around me, I can endure because it's it's part of the process of yeah. getting to where I want right. to go. Today, I listened to uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, book like the creative life or creative living and what one of the things she said one of her mentors was like uh, or I don't even know if it was a mentor it was just someone she admired he was like when you pick a career decide what kind of shit sandwich you like to eat and she was like because you're going to be doing this job and sometimes it's going to really fucking suck yeah but if you can eat the shit sandwich of being a writer (laughs) or being an actress or being a radio personality. Like if there are times when you can, you're you're not going to always be eating this like delicious, like organic meal. Sometimes it's going to be really, really shitty. And you, if you can take the organic meal, like the delicious nutrient rich meal with the fucking shit sandwich, then you can keep going. Right. But just decide what shit sandwich you want. Because I think initially people get into this industry and they're like, Oh, I want to be famous. Oh, I want to be this. It's like, that's fine, but and have those things. What like want those things? Right. Want them? Fine. Right. But realize it's n- you're not going to be shitting butterflies and rainbows all of the time, <laughs> and nobody around you is going to be doing that either. You know, there's going to be tough ass times. Oh, absolutely. Is there a particular artist or anyone in general? It doesn't even have to be necessarily in your industry. But is there anyone out there that their story you kind of graph your own on theirs and that you've seen what they have gone through have you heard of what they've gone through to get to where they are is there any particular artist you know because like uh you know i'm a fan of stern of course i'm a fan of opinion uh frank opinion here in st louis Uh, i grew up on him um you know then you got uh guys like bubba the love sponge who is a regular on stern back in the day right you know like uh you know i like uh um you know, jo- Joey Diaz's story, you know? Joey Diaz is a remarkable late story. in life, you know? Joey and- Diaz's story is so fascinating on so many ways. Right? because yeah. I, wonderful. Joey Diaz's story and why we love having him on We Are Live. We've already had him on twice. Like, if we can make it a thing where we have Joey oh. Diaz on every year, I would be fine. Even if that yeah. means we have to travel to where he is. What I love about his story is that he could have easily turned out to be like where his life was going, he could have ended up being one of the worst human beings totally. on earth. Well, he said he was like, either I became a comedian or a cokehead. Like I was, or yes, I was selling was coke. A, those yeah, were his he, options. Yes, those were his options. He went you know? to prison in 1985 yes. for robbery right. and kidnapping. And right. that could have, and, and that would have, it could have been an absolute yeah. rap on his life and he, everything. He tells stories about how back in the day he would walk into Kmart, find a, find a lawnmower, go out the side door yeah. and bring it back in and return it. He was Hilarious. just, he had scams Unreal. he said set up everywhere. Right. You know, and, you know, he was talking about how he used to rob drug dealers. He knew he'd rob their money, take their money because they're not going to call the cops. Right. right. You know, so it's just. It was he, survival. Yeah, he says know? he was a great person. He was just trying to figure out how to survive. His mom, his dad died when he was three. His mom died when he was 15. He was on his own. Right. I, th- I think, and, and I think th- my person that I would use, and we've heard 
comedian after comedian, whether they've sat down with us or that we've read in the media, they always come back to this guy. And he there's a reason why he's number one presently in the game, and that's Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's story is so fascinating is that Kevin Hart did stand-up, was doing before he had this run, Kevin Hart was 23 years in. Yeah. 22, 23. I don't know too many people. How old is he? Kevin Hart is literally like, he started when he was 16. He's like 35, 36. Yeah, so he started very early. He essentially uh, all but dropped out of high school at one point to ultimately do comedy. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Hart's story, why I find his fascinating in that he, everything that was in front of him told him to stop. Right. Everything in front of him. Literally, he tells this story about uh, one of the biggest bookers in New York who essentially scouted and found, who discovered Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy, ended up coming to watch one of his sets in New York. And everyone knew if you got in front of this particular guy, you were on your way. His word was God. When he says, hey, you're the one, you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And so he had he was still early in his career, but he was doing well enough to get in front of this particular scout. And after his set, he said he killed. He knew he killed the room. Everyone was grabbing their ribs. They were tilting over. He knew he had just nailed it. So the scout comes to his dressing room and his scout looks at him for about 15, 20 seconds and ultimately just drops the bomb on Kevin and says, this isn't your thing. He didn't what? say Hollywood. Not only did he say he wasn't good, he was. He told Kevin Hart, "You shouldn't do comedy. You should not do comedy oh. at all." So here's Kevin Hart. Literally, his uh, that ascension to his career. He's like, "Man, I'm on a roll. I just nailed one of my best shows in front of the biggest scouts. The guy who discovered Seinfeld, discovered Eddie Murphy, and now he has told me that I am not only good, not good, but yeah. I need to quit the fucking business." And there's his shit sandwich. And there's his shit he sandwich. He ate the shit yes. sandwich, and look now. And look that where was he is fuel. now. And so to that point, I I am always motivated, and it's it's a guy that I always look to what his peers say. Yeah. Because like, I'm not in the room. I always even say that about athletes. I'm not in the locker room. No. I don't know. I just see the guy on the field. I see him when the, the camera's in front of him, when they have a microphone in front of him. And you can be anybody then. But the, the guys who are with you every day, the guys who travel with you, who see you at dinner time, though those guys will know what you're really about. Yeah. And so to have guys like Ridge Voss consistently come in, John Witherspoon, DC Curry, all these comedians that have come into We Are Live consistently say, yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin Hart is still one of the hardest working man kevin hart's still one of the nicest human beings kevin hart is a guy that absolutely busts his ass like that to me is a testament to a guy who as you just said i'm going to eat my shit sandwiches because i still know this is what i want to do and right. that's where i want to go absolutely i Always think that's wonderful absolutely fast who for you who is it for you jada honestly it was rafe williams shut up local local yeah. rafe williams local I, comedian a guy that's I, we've said numerous times he's on the, if, for those who are in the St. Louis area he's on the cover it of really Riverfront was. Times here in St. Louis here's a guy who grinds well that's the thing I didn't know anything about him okay I didn't know what was going on he was talking to my boyfriend they were about to do stand up mm-hmm. at the same place and he said that he needed help with social media and he said he was involved in some of these things. And I don't know. I didn't know the stand-up world at this time. And I was like, hey, man, I'll help you with your social media. And I don't know why. I just had, I was like, because I'm a certified social media manager as well. Right. And I've been doing that. Um, I do that to help other artists right, and help myself. So he was like, all right, let's meet up. And we we kept missing each other. And then I was like, we finally sat down. Right. And we met at 7 p.m. at Tech Artista, the co-working lab on Washington. Right. 
we didn't leave until 11 p.m. And we sort of talked about social media, but he told me that at 33 years old, one of his friends said, hey man, you're really, really funny. You're really talented, but it would be a shame for you to be the funniest person at the bar. And that's, that's your legacy. Like that's the only thing you get. And he was like, so at 33, I just started drilling. And he's like, I was older. I hadn't been in the game and I knew I was going to have to work harder than everybody around me. Mm. And you know, what, he's is. 37, 38 uh -huh. now. He's 38. 38. Yeah. Roseanne started when she was 34. Exactly. And that was the thing. So. He and I, I'm 33 and I'm talking to this person right. and I just started auditioning again. And it, like I was working like free theater gigs and um, he was just like, be kind, do the work work, 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 because nobody's going to make it happen for you. Sure. And when I talk to yeah. him and now just being around him and watching how he interacts with people, I've always been like, I am a kind person. Um, but that Little also shit. takes, well, that takes like I mean, social skills too, because, because <laughs> comedy, right. I'm so terrible. Um, so comedy, you know, it's tricky because you have, you have, um, your, your character, you have your funnies yes. and then you also have how you treat people yes. and sometimes they can be conflated right they can easily especially for uh, inexperienced young comics right you? but the, I think the kindness even with Joey Diaz you know mm -hmm. like he he's rough his sets are rough but you can see how big his heart is through his set and it's the same thing with Rafe but his set is also like it's funny right and it is it's adult friendly. It's also like middle schooler friendly. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He He's able to hit every single demographic. But anyway, the point being is that he just started drilling and he has, he's had way more challenges than I've had. Uh, had a son super young. Now he has a granddaughter, right. you know, he, he had more challenges than, than, than what I've experienced in my life, but he still did the damn thing and he's doing it in his hometown. Right. And he is, he's, Winning, like no, he, is he is winning. It's a guy that so we that were... was like my inspiration for this. Oh, it's absolutely! Like, if you can do it in St. Louis, yeah, you can do it anywhere. This is his first biography, right here. Right, exactly. This is his first. Okay, and it's it's not the end. You know, he and just... the bi bi biography, folks. We're talking about um, Rafe Williams being on the cover of Renner Riverfront Times. Yeah, here in St. Louis, and he here is, in St. Louis. He's a guy we 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 certainly got in touch with early in our start on mm -hmm. We Are Live when we were That's on. How I discovered him. Yeah, we oh. our evening start on radio. We were uh, oh. Is it the old, old WGN yeah, studios, yeah, the old WGN studios in yeah. Central West End, and, and, <laughs> here in, yeah, here in St. Louis, and we were doing eight to ten, and eight to ten at night, and we wanted to get in touch and, and build a rapport with a lot of the local comedians. And Ray, for one of the first people to come on our show, and you're right when you talk about a person. Not only did we recognize immediately how hard he worked, yeah. but we recognize how great of a human being he was. Incredible. And for us, and for us, look, we and when I say we, Chris and I have done our fair share of jobs and we've ate our fair share of shit sandwiches mm -hmm. and they, still eating my and shit they weren't in jobs that we wanted to necessarily be in. Mm -hmm. And so our thing, when we began this entire process, we were like, look, if we're going to go anywhere, we're going to do it with people we care to be around. Because when you yeah. do jobs that you don't want to do, you often do it around people you don't really want to be around. Right. And so I was like, look, I'm look I'm in my thirties now. I don't want to do shit that I really don't want to do. Yeah. Like, frankly, I did that in my 20s. That was cool. It happened. But I'm at the point, this is my window of opportunity. If we're going to surround ourselves with people, let's surround ourselves with good people. We've been fortunate to have done that so far. And Rafe was one of the very first people through that door. So to that point, yeah. I absolutely agree. Going forward, as we begin to close this out, this conversation out, what 
are these challenges? What for you? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go into anything too personally, but if you can if you can describe a particular challenge right now that you're facing, what is it? And how do you think you've worked around it? Or how do you think you're getting around it? I'm getting out of this hole that I dug out, you know, dug myself when I was a freshman in college. I just dicked around too much. Uh-huh. And so procrastination. That's odd. Yeah. I've never known people who are creative to want you know, to be procrastinators. You know, I, I love <laughs> my odd. father very much, but he always... He's an old school guy, isn't he, he? Yeah, he's always like, hey, I was 40 when I got my degree. You'll get yours. I'm like... That's not. I can't. That can't be me. I gotta. I don't want to be in that situation. You know. I. You know. Um, so it's just a matter for you of just is it being being telling being more disciplined essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I'm as I've gotten older. Like the last two classes, I've started school back up. You know. And in the spring, I got an A. In the summer class, I got an A. So if you want a fucking um, cookie or a sticker, yeah. you're not getting it from me. <laughs> no, 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 we'll no. give him a pat on the I back. I put my final in the fridge at home. It's you know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, please God, no, no, yeah, but no, it's just, uh, you know, that, um, my finance situation is always stressful. It, like it stresses Look, me man, the hell St. out. St. Louis, do what everyone else does. Rob someone. Also, <laughs> let me tell you something. I, Don't I'm, even I'm, worry about the money. I, I'll be, I'm, I'm, negative, I'm like negative $200 in my account right now, I'm, but I couldn't be happier. Man, you know how many times I didn't, uh, change disguises when Sally Mae called my phone? Right. It's, it's, I didn't change my voice 14 times. Like, but it changes. Hello, it changes, t- t- right? T- there's no title of here. No, I have It's gotten to be a point of where my full-time job is like, I'm working to be broke. You where know? do you I work just, at? What do you do? I work at Webster University. That's why I'm going, that's why I'm going you know to what? Gotcha. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a, you know what? Don't worry. I got your back, Jess. I'm going to put them on notice. Webster, if you're listening, listen Tell my boy some fucking coin. Raise. Well, I applied for a public uh, for the supervisor position in my department. Well, so. you know what? You know, if anybody that can get you over the top, it's Chris and Travis. <laughs> so please, we'll be more than happy to get that. No, but well, oh no, go ahead. But you know, that's my job. It's like it's my daytime. Like you know, I'm. It's my Bruce Wayne. You know, and doing uh, stuff like this is my Batman. My, what I thrive to do. You know, right. wanting to Don't do radio. Don't ever compare yourself to Bruce Wayne. That's disrespectful. <laughs> You're, you can be. To see, like, say, maybe, maybe you're Val Kilmer's Batman. George Clooney. Okay, yeah, we'll give you the nipple Jorge. suit. Yeah, yeah. Not, Jorge. Not, Jorge. Jorge Clooney. Clooney. Oh. <laughs> what, what is it for you, young lady? What is your... Uh, and, and again, you spoke to it already, how being able to overcome them, but what is that, if there's not a challenge already in front of you, one that you may see on the horizon? It's just, for me, it's mostly just mastering my mindset, right? Oh, so man. it's not... It's not anything outside of myself. It's just my own mind and creating these incredibly false limitations because we have Ooh, proof that's deep. that any anyone can do anything they want. And I don't think Except I'm different. Sam played basketball. I don't. Well, think, maybe that. Uh, no, no, no. With like a year, Sam with with, with ten years of that, he can be an expert <laughs> if he dedicates himself <laughs> eight hours a day for ten years. I, he I will make do fun it. of Sam and play basketball, and he gets on the court and just crosses my dumb ass over and dunks on me. And I then, broke it. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. That's why I, <laughs> I just broke the studio. Touch things. I'm Way sorry. Look at Sam coming over. I'm very here. tactile. <laughs> Jada was touching things on the sound wall. And now the sound wall is absolutely. You can bill Jada, by the way. We are live. Does Send it, me an invoice. We can put my bank sh- account at negative. Yeah, how about to say <laughs> negative negative $1,500. <laughs> but it won't matter.
matter because I'm happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really did. Break uh, the Jada damn thing. just broke the studio. <laughs> After way to thousands go, of times, of Chris Denman literally it almost it. thinking it, it's a Chris vanilla wafer. Chris loosened it up. I just, <laughs> I just Chris, executed. I really I was like, oh my god, man, out this out is here. a Kit Kat. I want more. <laughs> is this made out of chocolate? Oh my gosh, he totally thought it was a waffle, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. That's why he brought syrup. This is an ego. It's a huge ego waffle. You got way to go, Sam. Way to go, Sam. It's all your fault. But no, that's uh, <laughs> that won't be right now. In here. No, your mindset. Oh, that makes perfect sense. The mindset that you talk about is perfect. I, I, I one thing I also will say: the only way we've been able to do this is our friends. Mm-hmm. Chris and I, friends, have been stupidly supportive. I mean, you got to understand, like for guys. I met Chris in a cigar shop. That's how I got. Z- yeah, but for guys like the- Rafe, actually introduced me to Chris. Oh, I, nice. I messaged Rafe. I was like, I need to get back into radio. He's like. Actually, I'm meeting with the guy later this afternoon. I'll give him your information. That's awesome. It was the day of, and I just had the urge. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Rafe. I, I think that, that one, having family and friends are huge. Mm-hmm. I know for my friends, my friends who we, we give each other, we've been giving each other shit since we were five. Mm-hmm. Same goes for Chris's set of friends. And so... Being around that, you you think to yourself, um, you keep certain things to yourself. You're like, I don't want to share with my friends. I don't want them to, to rip me about this shit. Mm-hmm. But I will say, with us doing this, uh, there will be moments where I'll be like, ah, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, that's stupid. Why am I thinking about being able to do that? And my friends have been able to come to me and go, hey, shut the fuck up and stop being a bitch. Right. How about you go do it? That's and so what, I think yeah, having I mean, that element there, having someone there to keep you from blocking yourself, as you just said, especially mentally. It's so to. easy. You'll see yeah. something and I'll I'll do it. I'll be riding home and I'll just go to myself. That's fucking stupid for me thinking that. Why did I think I could ever do that? And then I would I sometimes say these things out loud in front of my friends and they'd be like, You're being an idiot right now. Why not? Totally. Why not do it? Just do it. Don't think about it. There's this thing called the five second, um, let's like the five second rule or whatever. As soon as you start going into that thought cycle, that pattern, you go, you count backwards. You go five, four, three, two, one. You get yourself out of that fucking thought pattern and you go do something that is in line with your goal. Does that work during sex too? Mm. I've never tried it. Oh, I I'm really happy with my things. sex life. I don't <laughs> I'm like, just garbage. <laughs> Trash can. <laughs> I can see. Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle. Yeah. Baseball, baseball, baseball. <laughs> no, no, I, I tried that. It didn't work back in the day. So it's like objects in the apartment. I ain't got time if I got five seconds. I'm, I like, hey, I'm done. I Shoot. I, you better get yours. I, I got keep mine. the television on. <laughs> I'm good. I ain't got to worry about your ass. I'm going to bed. Selfish lover. I got to be a, gotta You're be a, a selfish lover. I got to be at the studio at 5 a.m. Hey, on that note, me finishing quickly, I think this. This will be the perfect time to quit here on We Are Live. Uh, This has been the We Are Live help edition. (laughs) Working with the help and hopefully helping our listeners. (laughs) We'll be co-hosting soon. Yeah. So we will be back next week. We'll have the entire crew in studio, fortunately. Next Friday. Yes. Carly will be back. Carly will be back. Gaines will be back. Chris will be back. You guys will be back. Sam, I think, is getting fired, so he may not be back. Hopefully. But with that being said, we will. So make Where sure would you we guys, be without him? Uh, we would find someone to replace him. That's what... That's horrifying. That's what happens. He understands. Hey, boys and girls, make sure you download our show. Give us five stars. You can say whatever the hell you want in the comment section. We don't give a damn, but please give us five stars. Recommend us to your friends if you think we're halfway decent. Also, check us out, of course, 
on St. Louis Live, our morning radio show on 920 AM WGNU. You can also download that as well. So go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Yeah, right. Go to iTunes, and you can just put St. Louis Live in your search engine. Subscribe, and you can also catch us on our very FCC-appropriate morning show. Hey, boys and girls, this has been fun. Hey. Indeed. Thank you guys for joining us. On behalf of all my friends and co-hosts, I'm Travis Terrell. This has been We Are Live. You guys, enjoy your day. Yeah, yeah. You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.